from Salesforce Studios, this is Blazing Trails. Welcome back to Blazing Trails, and welcome to the first episode of our new series, Leading Through Change. I'm Michael Revo of Salesforce Studios. Throughout this 10-part series, we'll share thought-provoking conversations to help you and your team manage through these challenging times. To kick off our series, we've got a conversation with Salesforce Chief Marketing Officer, Stephanie Buscemi, and award-winning journalist, Soledad O'Brien. Plus, a special musical performance from the musician, singer, songwriter, Cheryl Crow. As a small business owner, Soledad is familiar with the struggles facing businesses right now. In today's conversation, she shares what it's like to transition her business to work from home and the tools she's using to communicate and stay in touch with her clients and employees, and how crisis creates an opportunity to create a deeper sense of community within her team. And at the end of the episode, we'll have a special treat, a conversation and performance with musician, singer, and songwriter, Cheryl Crow. So let's get started with Stephanie Buscemi and Soledad O'Brien. Welcome, Soledad. Thank you. Thanks. It's so nice to be here. You've had such an accomplished career in the news, and so many of us are staring at the news, whether it's on our phone or on our TV or our iPad. We're really plugged into the news right now because we all want to stay informed, but yet it can be so mentally draining. Um, How do you find that balance there in terms of going through all of that news there? And how, how do you deal with that personally? I mean, you've been through so many amazing uh, global events. I think it's an extension of my strategy for dealing with coronavirus as a whole, right? Which is step one, you actually have to take care of yourself and your people around you. And so the answer is, and I say this as a news person, so it kind of kills me to say, if you are watching news 23 hours a day, you need to stop. Uh, it's just not healthy, right? And so one of the first things we did, and I'm a very, um, I'm a Virgo, so we like lists and we like checking things off, was really getting, I have four kids and a husband and getting everybody on a, a plan, on a routine. You know, what? What our, our day is not gonna be a free for all. Our day is gonna have some kind of a shape. And I think putting a structure into that where you say, yeah, my my news consumption is going to be a piece of that, but it's going to be a piece and it runs from this to this. This is when I get to sit down and do it. That's been really helpful. So not just for the news piece of it and the and the gathering of information, but just getting everybody into a routine. And now we're a couple of weeks in. So I think most people have really come up with what's the routine, what's the strategy, what's the plan for my, my boys who are my youngest, they're 15. They got to write their own schedule. And the schedule can't be sleep in all day and eat, you know, to food and then get on their phones. It actually had to have some kind of shape. And for me, we start our day with our company meeting where everybody talks about where they are, what they're wearing. Most most everybody's in sweatpants from the bottom down. <laughs> and also give a tour of here's my office space. This is what I'm working from. Um, this is what I see out my window uh, as a way to kind of like get to know what everybody's going through, where they are and what they're experiencing. Um, and I think the same with news. You know, I block off a chunk of time where I'm happy to be on Twitter and I love Twitter, but too much uh, is coming across the transom right now. And then I make sure I'm just really engaging with the people that I like to follow, that I want to have productive phone, you know, productive conversations with. And then in terms of watching the news, there are shows that I watch and information that I get. And that's it. I really limit it. And I think kind of being very strict about that has been the most 
helpful. And making sure that you're watching a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with coronavirus. Really finding a thing um, that's just engaging you, but in a different way, I think is really the best kind of step one advice. I love the structure. And I, I can speak personally, week one, there was no structure and it was a bit chaotic. And you're right. I think many of us a couple weeks in now are figuring out what is that new normal. A question for you specific to the news. There's misinformation, there's fake news, and, and that can be really dangerous at this time for people, especially, you know, people feel vulnerable, they're anxious. How can leaders make sure they are consuming and sharing the most accurate information? It feels like now more than ever, we've got to get it right in the way that we're communicating with our customers and our citizens and the community at large. We're in a public health crisis. So I think I always go back to the people, the experts, and they're so good and often they're not elevated and heard from. In a public health crisis, your local public health department generally is going to be the best place to go. Of course, that's all connected with the CDC. So you end up getting really good data points. You know, I look at, I want to know new cases. I want to know uh, people who've died, what those numbers are, because we know we can track deaths is a really important thing. I want to understand how the coronavirus is moving across the country, what areas are hotspots. I want to know where are we? Is it getting worse or getting better? What is happening in Italy? What is happening in Spain? What are those data points? And there's tons of that information that exists all on public health sites. So again, I think you just have to really kind of you know, parcel out and parse through what you actually want to um, bring in. You know, it's it's like any it's like any experience. You you owe it to the people around you to make sure you know you create your environment. Someone said that to me when I started as CEO of my company. They're like, "Your job is an environment. You create an environment." your home and you have kids, you know, you have an environment and you're responsible for that. And if you want it to be chaotic and unhappy and stressful and scary, then yeah, keep everything rolling and all the time and lots of information. And, but if you want it to be, we have a structure, we're going to deal with real information and real facts, even bad news. We're going to deal with it because it'll be real. Then I think you're far ahead in terms of being able to lead, whether it's leading a bunch of 12 year olds or leading an entire team. It's not a, good news, bad news, it's reality, factual information, and how do we then take that in and strategize about how to deal with it? I really like that in terms of stick with the subject matter experts, because we do have so much information coming at us from so many different channels out there. And I think sometimes the waters get muddied and you know, you're getting medical advice from a fashion publication versus Sticking with a doctor, and I don't mean that as any criticism. But. No, no, but I'm laughing because you're exactly. You're, I'm laughing because you're not exaggerating. I mean, you know, I always think of a sort of social media as the New York City subway, which no one should be riding right now. Uh, which is right. You might sit down next to somebody and say, "What's the best restaurant I should go to?" And you may get an amazing recommendation of the best meal of your life. But you also might be sitting next to somebody who you don't know who is nothing, you know, who does not have the same values and information as you, and you might get the absolute worst recommendation. You just don't know. And so you really do have to kind of say, like, it's going through social media is kind of like random person on the subway. Could it work out? Might. Could it not? 
lightly and really stick to the people who you know add value. And there's a ton of them. And listen, Dr. Fauci, I think right now, everyone in the country would say he really does a great job in leading. Uh, he has got tons of great information. I personally have He's probably the first person I interviewed when I started working in TV news in the 1980s, because at that time we were talking about HIV. And I've always liked that he doesn't mince words and he's very straightforward. And that's what you want. You want the, the source that's going to give it to you and give it to you straight. Love that. Credible source and give it to you direct and be clear about it. One of the things right now I wanted to ask you, you know, we have a lot of our customers on the line. They're thinking about the most effective ways to communicate with their customers. Given that everyone is consuming so much content right now from their homes, do you have some guidance to us? What types of content can companies and businesses of all size provide? What do you think are the most effective channels and ways for people to be connecting right now? Listen, I, I think we've seen for a long time that video is the way to go. Uh, that we, I mean, months and months and months ago on Twitter, anything that didn't have sort of video or visual, you were just going to lose people. And I think that's now kind of the um, metaphor with a phone conversation versus a video conversation. I think people have to really think about how they're communicating and it has to be face to face in the way we're doing it. Right. Um, number one, shouldn't everybody have a little home studio? at home so you could be having these kinds of conversations not just during the coronavirus pandemic but also afterwards so i think it's always got to be um face to face i guess i'll call it uh and and in a way being able to have an outline of what you're going to cover these kinds of calls can't just be free-for-alls they actually have to stick to a, a strategy and a like a, an actual conversation so I don't know, I, I've always been nauseatingly optimistic and I see many opportunities weirdly from a, just a technology standpoint, as horrible as all of this is, that will come out of how people will think about how they communicate once we are through what is obviously shaping up to be a really, really terrible public health disaster. One of the big challenges, right, is in adopting. Everybody now, we all have our PhDs in in Zoom calls. Um, and from every child is on Zoom if they're working from school, you know, doing schoolwork. Uh, I think people now have adopted that. They figured it out. Uh, I have a ring light and a chair set up and a little studio in my bedroom. That's probably going to stay in some capacity. Um, right now, Jimmy Kimmel's coming back with new content. Uh, Samantha Bee's been shooting new content. Right, all the shows after kind of taking a couple of weeks to figure it out, have come up with systems of, okay, sure, maybe I have to have my 10-year-old <laughs> hold up the light, but uh, we're going to be able to create content in creative ways because we've got to get that show back on the air. And that show has to go back on the air because you actually need to keep everybody working, right? For our company, I, I need all my employees to work. We're going to keep everybody working because what nobody needs in it pandemic is to lose their source of cash. They need to be able to work. And so that's the kind of things that we're thinking about, uh, how to keep our company going, come up with creative solutions to how do you tell a story when you can't sit next to somebody? Well, guess what? The quality of the video is great and people can shoot themselves now. That kind of opens up a whole lot of new pathways. So you've mentioned a couple times in terms of running your business, and we have a lot of small business owners uh, joining in here today. As a small business owner, uh, like you said, you've 
you've got to keep everyone working here. In terms of ways that you're caring for your employees, um, how are you engaging with them differently, having to do this in this virtual environment? Every disaster I've covered, um, the tsunami, Hurricane Katrina, it's opportunities where you see leaders emerge, where they're just tests, they're tests, and some people fail. And a lot of people, and not always the people you think would be the people who emerge as leaders, sometimes you're always like, wow, I'm surprised that's the person. I remember in Katrina, um, the sheriff in Katrina said that to me. He said, you know, all the people who I thought would be like, ah, they're going to stick it out. They were okay, but the people who were amazing were the ones that I would not have thought of as my leadership team. And I think that happens a lot in chaos and a lot in crisis. And so I think that is an opportunity to think about, okay, who's doing well and who's not? How do you support those people who are stressed and everybody has their moment in a different way? How do you continually communicate with your team so you can figure out um, who's having a hard time and, and, and who's doing well? And how do you lead? How do you think about, okay, if our goal is to pay everybody, what does the strategy have to be? How are we thinking about our budget? Are we thinking about putting everybody on the line so that we don't have to lay anybody off? I think it's really about um, giving people a chance to lead in a crisis. We have a young woman who um, runs my foundation. She's our accountant. And, uh, and she has done so well. I, 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 she's a, she's our, our bookkeeper, not even our accountant. She's our bookkeeper. And her leadership, when we're through this, she will be the executive director of this foundation. Although she would have told you uh, she's not trained. And if you had asked me, six months ago, like who's the one who's going to rise up and just run this foundation forward? I don't know that I would have picked her. And she's done. And every day I tell her, I am just so amazed and impressed by you because some people pick up the baton and run. And I think this is a really great time to see which of your employees really are the ones who are there in a crisis and not everybody can do it. So, so I think, you know, one, just emotionally you have to take care of people. You have to tell them that you're going to help them, feed them, house them. I have mailed toilet paper to people. <laughs> if it's making you nervous that you don't have toilet paper, I have four kids. So we always have stocks and stocks of toilet paper. I can ship toilet paper. Um, you know, how do you make people feel comfortable? But often I think for people in the workplace, they want a chance to lead. Even in a pandemic, they want a chance to lead. And giving people a chance to run something is is quite a big um, boat of confidence, um, and you need them. So it's it works both ways. That's awesome. You you are so right. I mean, I can give countless examples um, here at Salesforce, seeing people just be their very best self right now, uh, rise to the occasion, and do things that they thought maybe they couldn't do, and not only do them, but do them amazingly well. Having been through so many seismic events uh, in your career and looking at the current crisis, can you talk about any pitfalls or things that you've seen in the past uh, that our leaders and the businesses on the line here should avoid when creating content and communicating at this time? Any of the gotchas or mistakes you've seen looking at the past? Yeah, and some of it I think is, um, we all know this. There's a time when you know you should not be talking to people, right? When your best friend is like, girl, put down the phone. Don't do it. Don't send that note. Don't tell them. And, and I think when you're really stressed, it's a time to say, you know, this is not, 
if I'm not feeling 100%, and I think all of us go through that day where we're just at our lowest, like today is just not the day kind of thing, you need to make sure that you're not communicating that. Because I feel like, I mean, my company is very small. We have 11 employees. So I try to make sure that I'm giving everybody the factual information. Anyone can call me at any time. But also, if I'm not really feeling up to at that moment to have a conversation, or I don't have enough information, or I'm just mad, or uh, you know, I'm stressed about something, you really just have to think about how you're communicating. And I think the mistakes that I've seen have been people not thinking fully through what they were trying to say. I think we've seen at the beginning of this response, people would talk, leaders, political leaders especially, would talk about the things. Everybody needs to stay home. But then what they would do is not, right? I mean, and and it just, people watch what you do, right? They watch whether you're talking about leadership in any way or your values. People watch, what are you doing? You can't say, don't go to the gym and then go to the gym. You can't say, I want to support this, but not. So for us, it's been really, really important that every single thing we say we're going to do, we're going to do. And that goes for any leadership at all. What's your strategy? What's your plan? And how do you roll it out? I really like that in terms of don't be reactive, be proactive about things. And, you know, if you're in a bad spot, uh, in a bad headspace, don't communicate at that time. Take the time to make sure you really thought it through and, and are clear on what you want to say. And I loved your second point too, you know, walk the walk. Um, we hear a lot of people talking about things and ideas and setting vision, but then to your point, their actions don't line up behind that. I wanted to ask you a question about what you kind of think the future will look like. When all this, when we go back, uh, to business as usual. Will it be the same, do you think? Um, the pendulum has swung from live events and a lot of face-to-face in-person to shelter-in-place. Everything is digital right now. Do you think it'll go back to the way it was before, or do you think there'll be something in between? I was going to say you said it's gone from live events and I was going to say to de nice, right? On Instagram. (laughs) So I don't think it's this, uh, you know, thing that was amazing to this horrible thing. I think it's gone from this thing that was amazing to this thing that was amazing, but in a different way, right? The de nice thing was awesome. And it was like, wow, this is real community um, that you got to watch unfold in front of you and feel like I'm in a chat room. I'm having a party. So I think we're going to think differently about what community means and how we get together in these spaces. And it's not just so-and-so is joining us remotely. You know, they're over there. They're kind of listening in. They're not missing it fully. But I think you're going to be able to integrate people in a way that they feel like they're really part of it. There's no question more people are going to work from home uh, because we now have all these enthusiastic adopters of things that I think people wouldn't have adopted if they weren't forced to. So I think we're going to see much more ability to work at home. And again, I mean, I have a studio set up here. I'm sure we're going to make that a real studio at some point when you let people back into your house so that if we had to, for whatever reason, you could actually do real work uh, from from home in some capacity as opposed to something jerry-rigged in my bedroom. So yeah, I think it's definitely going to change. Awesome. Well, I want to say thank you for leading through change here. You've always been an inspirational leader, and it's been fun to watch you over the decades uh, in your work and your success. Thank you for having me.
We're excited today to have the amazing songwriter Cheryl Crow with us for a special performance. And I want to welcome Cheryl. To Hi, join Stephanie. Us. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm loving listening to this and I love the ideas. Oh my goodness. I mean, if nothing else, the way people have been creative and finding ways to not only be useful, but to make every moment count is so inspiring. I, I'm, I mean, this is the weirdest time um, I've ever experienced in my life. And I know that's probably how most people are feeling, but it's been really inspiring to see people thinking about other people and how they can serve. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's bad things out there, uh, but I have been blown away seeing the best in people. I've just seen so many amazing acts of human kindness uh, right outside my front door. And I think if all of us can just do something for someone other than ourselves right now, we're all going to get through this just right. fine. And we're going to agree. Be okay. Well, you have quite the, the platform for creating positivity and that's your music. I mean, we love your music. Um, talk to us about how you're using your music platform right now to help us through this crisis. Well, it is a strange time. You know, we had we had dates booked all the way through September, October. Um, you know, my my band and I, my crew, uh, many of us have been together for almost 30 years, and they're my family. And then suddenly everyone's home and, you know, wondering about paychecks and that kind of thing. So, I mean, one great thing about a song uh, is that you can sing it anytime, anywhere, and um, especially if you can play, um, it's been a, a gift for me to sort of dig into my own catalog and just play. And hopefully for people who are fans or who are tuning in or just looking around at other musicians who are playing music, it's a nice kind of respite away from what's happening. It's a, it's a great break from the news. It's a nice break from... Uh, in Nashville, sure. <laughs> from the rain, you know, we we had about two weeks where it was you couldn't even go outside, and so it's an outlet for me. But definitely, my purpose in doing it is hopefully to create just a little getaway for people, just even for three or four minutes. That's awesome. Uh, your music, I'm I'm a fan, and it's certainly uplifting. And I'm excited for others to get to to hear you shortly. I wanted to ask you, you know. There's so many campaigns and causes out there right now for COVID-19. What, what of it resonates with you? What are the things that you're most passionate, the causes you're most passionate about? Well, first I'd say I've been absolutely blown away by how many people have been posting funny memes. And that's been, that's been a nice break. Um, and also people like John Krasinski, I love his um, some good news. Anything where I can find good news, uplifting stories. Um, that's, that's sort of my go-to. Um, and we try to repost that. Um, our causes ha have remained the same. I mean, we've been involved in the world food program for, you know, 20 years. Um, but feeding America here in Nashville, I mean, they've just been doing monumental work and here in Nashville, we, we had a big blow before, COVID even really started manifesting. And that was with the tornado and people being, um, in, 
homeless. And uh, so it's, it's been a double whammy for our communities around here. You know, I was, I was saying Stephanie before when you and I were talking last night, you know, for my kids, they're used to going to school every day and they miss their friends. And so I'm like the queen of, I'm, I'm the cop in our house when it comes to video games. And um, before COVID, my kids, you know, no video games during the week, certainly not Fortnite. And now Fortnite has become the place where my kids go and FaceTime each other. And so, you know, it's, I regulate it definitely. But last night, you know, Sunday is our day, no tech day. We got on our bicycles and we called some friends and said, we're coming over to your neighborhood, six feet away, get on your bike, come ride with us. And just seeing people's cardboard boxes full of clothes out in the front yard for healthcare workers, just simple things like that, that just for me, make me emotional. It makes me feel like this is the best of humanity. Um, Just looking around their house and trying to figure out how can I be helpful with the amount of surplus that I have. I mean, I know everybody is... Uh, cleaning closets and and making good use of their time, but they're also thinking of what can I do with the surplus, and it's just inspiring. So you know, we're always looking for um, great causes. Um, we were involved in the community foundation where the tornado struck, but now we're involved not only in the community foundation but also uh, feeding America. So just eyes open, hearts open. I love your story when we talked earlier about just biking around the neighborhood and just inspiring everyone here today to do something right outside their front door. Yeah. Making a difference because I truly believe if everyone does something just right where they live and help those around them, we're going to get through this. I, I agree. And, you know, it's even made my kids look around and try to figure out, you know, what can we, what can we be doing? I, I will say when this whole thing started happening, I was on a mission to, okay, if we're going to have homeschooling, we're also going to build in exercise time. We're going to build in, you know, we made, we made three lists. We made a list of things I have to do, things I want to do like that I've never done and, th- and ways to give back. And one of our ways to give back, it's kind of funny. The kids were like, can we get baby chicks? And then can we have enough that we can donate eggs and, so I said, okay, we'll get baby chicks and you guys, part of your project will be to build a chicken coop. So this has been a project for them and it's been amazing. Um, it's, you know, I've been documenting it and I don't, I don't post my kids on social media, but my family will see it and it's, and they'll see it someday. And it's been fascinating to watch boys become, to watch brothers become friends and to, see them thinking about, oh, we're going to need more than six chicks. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. You know, let's just deal with the six chicks we have here. Um, but today I got on, uh, my, actually my dad sent me a post saying that now baby chicks are like toilet paper. People, they're like running out of baby chicks. People are getting baby chicks, not because of us, but I guess everyone's sort of on the same trajectory of we're going to start planting our own food. We're going to start having our own chicks. And so you know, zeitgeist, I guess. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to you and your family's egg production. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, we're counting on you guys. And I think that's awesome that you have them doing something together, hands-on, 
just probably getting outside. It's so good for just mental health and well-being. It is. I think nature is really um, not only a godsend, but a, but a great stress reliever. And even when they're doing homeschool, I mean, just to be able to say, okay, I'm going to do these two subjects, but then I've got to go ride my bike. And that's been, it's been a good thing to um, witness them working out their own situations. You know, I, this is the first time literally in their lives where we have not had something on the calendar where we were packing or we're going to be, we're doing, we're going to be school for three weeks, but then we're leaving for four days. I mean, this is really the first time that they've been home. They've had to like find things to do. And I've always believed that boredom was the greatest, um, the greatest proponent for creativity. And in the past when they've said, mom, I'm bored, I want to play video games. I'm bored. Now, they they literally are using boredom to figure out ways to create worlds around them. And that's I mean, I think ultimately this is going to really serve the future. It's going to it's going to serve not only people's idea of how to be part of a community again and not necessarily so much of a world community, but a real nucleus. But also I think it's going to translate hopefully into their adulthood where service is not something that you get assigned to at school. It's something that you do because your heart is telling you this is food for the spirit, you know, and this is how we, this is how we continue to um, navigate our own well-being. Definitely. Definitely. And I, we have our whole community with here with us and I know they're dying to hear from you. So what do you want to play today? Well, um, I'm going to play, actually, I'm going to play a couple of songs that people know. I may play one that nobody knows, but, um, and I'm not sure how well I know it either, but um, I'm going to start off with a song that I think probably most people know. I've been long, long away from here. Put on a poncho, played for mosquitoes, drank till I was thirsty again. I went searching for thrift store jungles. Found your on a Mose rifle, Maryland shampoo, Benny Goodman's corset and pan. Well, okay. I made this up I promised you I'd never give up If it makes you happy It can't be that bad If it makes you happy Then why the hell are you so sad? You get down, real low down. You listen to Coltrane, derail your own train. Who hasn't been there before? I come around, 
rest in bed, bring the post off bed, and serve you French toast again. Well, okay, I still get stoned. I'm not the kind of girl you take home that makes you happy. It can't be that bad. It makes you happy. Why the hell are you so sad? It makes you happy. It can't be that bad. It makes you happy. Why the hell are you so sad? Awesome. Thank you. That's such a favorite and very apropos for where we're at right now. I know it's, it's crazy. Um, the one great thing about all this is I've been digging through my back catalog to play things for people. And, um, gosh, I don't know a lot of my songs. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we couldn't tell at all. That was amazing. That one. I know. Um, I'm going to play guys, uh, play you guys a song that's off the new record. Cool. Which has been, um, a very, a collaborative experience making this, uh, this record. I had a lot of great friends who participated with me and people who have inspired me, um, since I was a kid. And I, I grew up listening to, you know, James Taylor and Carol King and a lot of Elton Sean and Stevie wonder. And so this is sort of an homage, um, kind of an homage to them. Another time, another place. If we met again, would it be this way? Knowing now what comes around is custom made. Those who win the wings will wait for love To show its face All I know is I don't want to go on If it means feeling nothing Only to find the words are not enough Guess I played it wrong Tell me now is there something I could have done For the sake of love If our love is just a play Battleground scribbled on a page 
maybe I would play the part of Joan of Arc, strong enough to mend your heart tonight. And every day, all I know is I want to go on. If it means feeling nothing, only to find the words are not enough. I guess I played it wrong. Tell me now, is there something I could have done for the sake of love? Heaven knows that love is hard enough. Belongs to those who don't feel enough. Heaven knows we don't need them anyway. It doesn't matter what they say about us. That is so beautiful. Thank you. It's so beautiful. Very inspired by Stevie Wonder and Elton John. Well, we are big Stevie Wonder fans and Stevie Wonder and Elton John fans over at Salesforce. So oh, that was a treat. Thank you. There's, there is nothing better. That's been one really kind of amazing thing too is my kids. Um, On the way to school, they like to listen to pop radio, right? Yeah. And um, I have be I do feel like the police sometimes. I listen to some of the what what pop singers sing about, and obviously a lot of sex and right. You know, my kids will sing words that they don't really understand what they are. Although my twelve year old is starting to get the gist. But I feel like um, Tipper Gore. I'm like the I'm the censor <laughs> in uh, the radio. I mean, in the in the car on the way to school. So kind of one of the great things too about this is that we've been playing while they're working. I play the music that I have loved and that I find really comforting. And I know people gravitate to music to sort of not only take them back, but also to take them away, to bring them, you know, into contact with older times, you know, t happy times. And so my kids are being exposed to seventies music, eighties music, a lot of, a lot of stuff I grew up listening to and they don't even realize it, which is great. So this is oh, a, a good one. This is very appropriate. I think for 
for the time. This is called Every Day is a Winding Road. I hitched a ride with a vending machine repairman. Never been there, but the sure looks nice. Jump in, let's go. Lay back, enjoy the show. Everybody gets high, everybody gets low. These are the days when anything goes. Every day is a one day. Get a little bit closer. Every day is a fading sign. I get a little bit closer to feeling fine. He's got a daughter he calls Easter. She was born on a Tuesday night. I'm just wondering why I feel so all alone. I'm a stranger in my own life. Jump in, let's go. Lay back, enjoy the show. Everybody gets high, everybody gets low. These are the days when anything goes. Every day is a winding road. I get a little bit closer. Every day is a fading sign. Yeah, yeah. I get a little bit closer. Every day is a winding road. I get a little bit closer. Every day is a fading sign. I get a little bit closer. Feeling bad. on a sea of anarchy I've been living on coffee and nicotine I've been wondering if all the things I've seen were ever real never really happening never really happening every day is a winding road I get a little bit closer Every day is a one and all. Hey. 
That was so awesome. I love it. Thank you. That's for sure a crowd pleaser and a phenomenal way to end this first session of ours. That was Salesforce Chief Marketing Officer Stephanie Buscemi in conversation with award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and musician, singer, and songwriter Cheryl Crow. For more information and resources on how you can lead your business through change, go to salesforce.com, where you can also tune in to these conversations live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Blazing Trails is a production of Salesforce, a customer relationship management solution committed to helping you deliver the personalized experiences customers want, so they'll keep coming back again and again. Salesforce, bringing companies and customers together. Visit salesforce.com learn more.